With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's do it, guys. Hit the books. Monday edition, week eight college football already. Alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. I'm merely Brad Powers. Before we get to the upcoming slate of games, and of course, best bets at the end of the show, we always take a peek and a look at last week's results, who impressed us, who didn't, who was up, who was down, and of course, best bets, which just so happened to not have a good week. We're still 23-16 and 16 on the season after a 1-4 and four finish last week. First and foremost, though, Kanish, before we talk about these best bets, I always got to ask you, uh, it just so happened to, to have a nice bye. Uh, you know, what's happening with your uh, Detroit Lions? Are you going to come out of the bye week strong? Oh, we're, you know, we're resting up. Danny's coaching them up. We're getting healthy. Uh, you know, hey, hey, uh, the Cowboys, uh, yeah, they're, they're, in for, they're in for a good one this weekend, baby. Little bounce back. We get the season back online. And uh, listen, I wouldn't want to be a Cowboys fan this weekend, I'll tell you that. Ain't with Dak back? Screw Dak. We'll put him out of the game. Listen, but we're in the Lions' den, baby. Danny's Danny's listen, we're not happy about this start, and uh, the Cowboys are going to feel it. I hear you, buddy. We will get to your Michigan Wolverines here in a second that also, I think, situated themselves quite nicely last weekend. But first, let's talk about that. I I think Ryan Day is actually hiding under my couch here, shivering at the (laughs) thought of uh, about another, you know, hardball going up again. So, yeah, I'm uh, Ryan, everything will be be okay. Go relax, relax. Come watch the show. So, yeah, no, uh, quite an effort there in Ann Arbor. The countdown is on. That's going to be, you know, some scene there in Columbus. Probably going to be 11-0 Michigan and 11-0 Ohio State. Wink, wink, hint, hint, once we get to that one. Let's start with a positive. Stanford, your best bet. Outright upset win over the Golden Domers. Nice win there, Kanish. That was all you. Well, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, uh, like when we can get a, you know, an outright, obviously, I mean, we were due for, you, you can't win every week in this game. So we were due for a little bit of a down week. Um and you know what? At least Stanford came through for us. Uh, I think the Notre Dame offense kind of regressed back to uh, what we thought it was. Um, and uh, the Tommy, uh, the, the kitchen's getting pretty hot in the Tommy Reese household there. Uh, even though I'm not totally, uh, I'm not totally gonna say that it's his fault. I don't think they have very good players on offense. So uh, yeah, I thought Stanford had a uh, you know a nice game plan to slow him down there and came out um, and first. First FBS win in a long time for the tree there. So, uh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, I, I'm sure I will make – don't let me forget Holton Aylor slander in the negative, though. But, uh, oh yeah, Stanford. Yeah, uh, so Carolina, ugh, that doesn't come through in a wild game there. Uh, SMU started the, 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 the uh, poor weekend, uh, which was so ridiculous. I mean, I can mention 20 plays in that game. I mean, specifically the touchdown right before the half, 
the horse, you know, taking a shit on the field, basically, <laughs> you know, that represented, uh, you know, how I did even betting wise. I mean, there was several, I would say, you're supposed to get home cooking down there in Texas. The officiating was abysmal to say the least. There was, I don't know, because of a, a inadvertent whistle allows Navy to, you know, go down and keep a drive together. That was unbelievably bad. And then, of course, they score in the final seconds to get the back door. So that wasn't good. Uh, Notre Dame over wasn't for obvious reasons. Notre Dame's offense, like you mentioned, reverted back to what we saw against Marshall. And then I thought Stanford could, you know, move the football a little bit more. But, I mean, they, they kind of struggled. So, if you told me, you know, 16 points uh, Stanford's held to, I would actually question whether or not you would have won your bet. I mean, so Notre Dame's offense really, really underperformed, to say the least. Uh, and then, I, oh, Minnesota. Are you kidding me? I was told by my guys as late as Friday yep. that the Illinois quarterback was going to be out. Yep. The line goes to seven. I'm feeling good. I mean, Minnesota's one of my biggest bets of the week. All of a sudden, yep. he's DeVito's going to play Saturday morning. I mean, unbelievable. Just bad info is what I got from not just one person. Multitude of people yes. told me that. So, I, I heard Mr. Bielema. There's a rumor in the, the grapevine that Mr. Bielema might have uh, – told some some people around the network and and told some other people and basically told everybody that he uh that he wasn't going to play uh and so that uh, that got out to a lot of people uh including us and I th- and then not only does he play he starts the game now like red hot 9 for 9 just throwing it everywhere yep. across the park um I will say um he, obviously I think we would have had a you know a significantly higher shot with Mr. Sikowski in there Minnesota though Yikes. Oh, I got killed. They, I yikes. mean, not that we would have had a winning bet. Anyways. I mean, they were like without Autumn Bell in their uh, in their offense, they cannot stretch the field, and so they're a team that's basically now if you can hold their run game, they can't hit any explosive plays. Tanner Morgan was brutal. This is a team that I thought was like, like a few weeks ago could potentially run the table uh, in, in in the West was the was the chalk to go to the the Big Ten title game now. Is Burt going to do it in year two? I mean, they got a home game versus Purdue that basically if they win that, they're going to the Big Ten Championship. They got a big – before that Buckeye game, you got to play Illinois uh, for you Michigan Wolverine fans. That game I know, be- I, I, which was, you know, not exactly a, a, a layup uh, as, as I, th- I would have thought even, you know, like 48 hours ago. Exactly. So – We'll get to Minnesota because I want to talk about them a little bit later. I think a very interesting handicap, uh, their game against Penn State this week. I, I kind of want to dive into that later. So, obviously, that was a disappointment. But let's move on from the best bets. Let's talk about some of the teams that did impress us last week. And I'd be, you know, an idiot if I didn't bring up, you know, the game of the year so far in college football uh, for obvious reasons, Tennessee upsetting Alabama. You have to be impressed with what Tennessee did especially because you know coming in we thought Bryce Young might be less than 100 percent I'm here to tell you he looked 100 percent and still Tennessee still bound away to pull the outright upset ending that 15 game losing streak uh, against Alabama and you know I'm not here to say Tennessee has arrived but they're close I mean uh, we'll, we'll see what they can do in a few weeks against Georgia I mean they still got that game but my goodness what an effort from Tennessee I don't think it was that fluky I mean certainly they benefited from some idiotic penalties 
uh, uncharacteristic, at least of four uh, past Alabama teams. Maybe this year's team commits a lot of penalties. But, I mean, kudos to Hendon Hooker, Tennessee offense, Josh Heupel. They got it rolling down there in Knoxville, Kanish. I'm about, I'm about to sing Rocky Top again. I'm about to give you another rendition after that after that fantastic uh, dub. On, I mean, that was, as you said, nothing fluky about it. Uh, I mean, they were, they were trading punch for punch with uh, with Bammy. And I want to – so I'll, I'll ask you two questions. Number yeah. one, are you considering at all – I'm not. Are you considering at all any any Bama, you know, five to one out there? Number two, can, if – let's say Tennessee loses to Georgia – does an 11 and 1 Tennessee non SEC champ have a chance to make the playoff or will they make the playoff? That's a really good question, especially with a feather in their cap. Uh, I guess it's going to depend on who's left, uh, but they got a shot. It, it needs to be a close loss against Georgia uh, for obvious reason. They can't get blown out in the game. I'm not sure that they will. I mean, considering what I saw on Saturday. So uh, they, they got a realistic shot. So, I mean, I bet I'm 100 to one in the summer to to win the SEC just because I thought, man, 100 to one at that time, I thought they were clearly the second best team in the East. I thought you're going to give me the second best team in the division, 100 to one. Sure, why not? Uh, I'm not there yet as far as national title, but man, uh, another ticket that I'm happy with is Hendon Hooker, 80 to one to win the Heisman. I think what is he now like plus 250? So I, I, I'm okay with my future, uh, with my portfolio on Tennessee right now. You asked me about Alabama. I'm not running the window yet. I mean, I already got him plus 325. I bet that sucker back in January, the night of last year's national title. Uh, man, I'll tell you, without Bryce Young, that's a pretty I, – I don't want to say average, but I tweeted this out, Kanish. Alabama's a three-loss team without Bryce Young. I mean, I he covers a lot of inefficiencies. And for a team that recruits like Alabama, they shouldn't have the problems that they have at wide receiver – lack of playmakers. I know a lot of guys that went to the draft the last three, four years, but still, uh, I mean, you don't have a lot of playmakers on the outside. And then defensively, where's these defensive backs, man? I mean, you got Tennessee guys running up and down the field wide open. I mean, I get it. Tennessee's got a great offense, but still, I mean, sooner or later, you got to make a stop. I mean, you want to beat the Buckeyes? Uh, you're going to have to make some stops because the difference between Tennessee and Ohio State is Ohio State actually plays a little bit of defense. So I- I'm not doubling down on Alabama national title futures. I, I mean, because you're looking at they've got to run the table, which I think they. I mean, well, it's not like they've got about they, they got to run the table. Then they got to beat Georgia in the SEC yep. championship game, and then you got to win two playoff games against uh, you know Ohio State, Ohio, Michigan, Clemson. So you know, I, I mean, t- just think about like if you parlayed all those together, what what, what number are you going to get out of that? So I don't I don't see any like I, I just don't see any value on Bama right now. Even do, I, I would have to. I'd have to get us significantly higher than five to one to, to talk into that. Cause as you said, they don't, if, if it was a flukish victory and I thought they were a truly elite team, then, then you could, talk, but it's a team that probably should have lost to Texas, a team that yep. lost to Tennessee, a team that's got to, you know, go now run the table and beat Georgia and then having to go beat like, it, it's just a, it, it's probably the most average Bama team. Uh, you know, even again, still one of the, the, you know, the upper tier in college football, but for them, um, you know, they're they're just not – it's not a vintage elite, elite Bama team. Um, and I could see, you know, I, I'm I, at this point, I would be a little surprised if they beat Georgia in a SEC title game. Yeah, I mean, I have Alabama number three in my power ratings right now, behind, obviously, Ohio State, 
and, and Georgia. I get it. People are going to be like, well, how do you still have them ahead of Tennessee? Tennessee just beat them. Come on, a neutral field. Give me, you know, give me Alabama against Tennessee. That was an unbelievable scene in Rocky yeah. Top. And I, I, if it's a neutral field, I'm not sure Tennessee wins. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I mean, Tennessee's crowd led to a lot of those false start penalties, delay a game penalties. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not there yet because I have my doubts on them, you know, failing to beat those other top two teams. Let's move on to another top team that I think distinguished themselves easily as top five, if not the number four team. And that's a team that was in the playoffs last year and really got their act together as far as making a statement against the first real legitimate opponent they played so far this year. And that's your Michigan Wolverines, Kanish. I mean, anytime you run the football for over 400 yards in the year of our Lord, 2022, you are doing some work and you are physically, you know, putting your will against the other team, imposing your will. And, you know, a game that, you know, they won by 24. And I'm here to tell you, it could have been by 44 the way they they beat up Penn State. That was a very misleading first half score in that game. So, I mean, Michigan was super impressive, especially what they did at Penn State up front. Uh, what'd you see? No, I, I, you know what? I'll tell you what surprised me most of all is like the defensive effort. I thought it was the Michigan defense that, that still, you know, hadn't really been tested. And even going up against, you know, Indian uh, and Maryland, like I, I thought there was some some holes. Uh, I think it's a combination, a combination of both. I think yeah. Michigan is, uh, you know, a legitimate top five team. I think even though last year, they beat Ohio State and made the playoff. I would say the delta between the top of college football and where Michigan is not is small. Even if they lose to Ohio State and they don't make it this year, I think they're closer to you know that Bama, Georgia, that those top of the team. Obviously, they went in, got hammered by Georgia. I think this year's Michigan team probably is closer uh, to to the top of the tier than last year. Doesn't mean they'll you know make it in staff, but and, and you saw the game the game plan that they had there and what they're gonna what they done on the ground. If they're going to go into Columbus, that's how you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to yeah. control the clock, run the ball. Um, and that, that to me, is the only way you're going to go into Columbus and get a win. Um, so, yeah, I was – you know, you thought their offensive line might have taken a step back this year uh, as dominant performance as you can imagine. And the defense that, – that's what shocked me the most is um, Penn State couldn't run the ball. I have Penn State has some good receivers. They couldn't get anybody. I mean, they had one big explosive play uh, – and and it was the the, the Clifford keeper, um, and they had nothing else going. So yeah, I think a little bit of Penn State got exposed, but uh, you know a little bit of a great game plan, and Michigan kind of asserting themselves as a uh, a legitimate top four team in the country. So so we'll see. I'm, I'm again, if it all lines up, that'll be uh, uh, one. I know we just had the the Tennessee Bama game. I think the Michigan Ohio State game has a chance to to equal that in terms of uh, you know one of those game game of the years. Oh, no question. Uh, yeah, that, we'll, we'll, the buildup for that one will be good. I don't know if it'll be as high as, you know, the, the one in 2006, but it, it'll be close uh, as we get closer and closer to that one. You know, one other team I want to mention, I'm going to throw it out to you to see if, if you have any others. I thought they were, weren't in the best of spots considering the schedule that they played, unique travel spot, playing in elevation. You know, kudos to Arkansas for going on the road, taking care of business, beating BYU and getting some margin. Obviously, K.J. Jefferson makes them an entirely different team offensively. So that I thought that was an impressive win going on the road and doing what they did against probably what looks like an overrated BYU team when you start looking at their schedule. But still, that I thought that was an impressive one. Anybody else really stand out to you uh, as far as impressive performances? 
you know, I got to get, we've dogged him on the show multiple uh-huh. times this year. Uh, and I think this probably cost me a, a good chunk of futures money. But the boys and friends know, uh, late night at home had one of those, like, uh, I call it the we're still the top dog games where they went up against the red hot San Jose State team uh, that got steamed, you know, from three to seven, had all the love, you know, Fresno losing to Yukon, they're losing to Boise. We think, is it over for them? And they just came out and and didn't really, like, the style they played was basically like, we're going to, they won the trenches, they were able to run the ball, they hit Cordero a ton. Um, they kind of played like an anti-typical Fresno game plan um, and saved the, you know, if San Jose State wins that game, basically the division's over, they're not going, Fresno wins it. Now you, maybe you can buy some time until Hayner gets back. Uh, and it was kind of a season-saving game for them, um, which I, which as a San Jose State future soldier, was tough to touch the stomach. But they, they, there was nothing fluky about that. They, they were the more physical team. Um, and your boy Jeff Thedford uh, dialed it up on Saturday night, and hey, my boys, and, and was able to to get a dub there. So yeah, that was a. Uh, that was kind of a season saver there for Fresno. So I'll, I'll give them some credit for, for the way they were able to do it. Although as we record this, they, a lot of money came against Fresno this week. Uh, laying, and I'm part of it. Uh, they're laying 13 on the road against New Mexico. I took the 13. It's down to 10 and a half. So we'll see. Look, the Mountain West, oh, my God. It's as wide open as any. Although yep. I will say I think the Mountain West championship game is this weekend. Boise at Air Force. Winner of that one, in my opinion, is going to Might have a best bet on that one later in the show. Win, yeah, win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a strong position, and I got some good reasoning behind it, I think. Well, we'll see. I mean, I've had great handicaps, or at least perceived to be great handicaps in the past that haven't worked so well. Uh, and we'll see. That's a topsy-turvy conference, to say the least. Uh, moving forward, let's go to the negative side, because you like to be snarky on Twitter. Me too. And let's start in South Bend with a team that obviously dropped the ball significantly as a 17-point favorite, Notre Dame, a team that just fell short. You thought they were gaining traction with three straight wins, and now all the momentum's gone with a a second loss this season as a significant favorite. Uh, I know there's a lot of fire, Marcus Freeman. I'm here to tell you, he's probably – if you're on a totem pole or a pecking order of who's to blame – for what's going on right now in year one under him, he's at the bottom for me, to be honest with you. I go to the athletic director for hiring him. I mean, it was a risky hire to begin with. I'm not there yet to, to say that he's not going to you know, be there. He might be in over his head. It looks that way so far. But Brian Kelly didn't do him any favors as far as the quarterback and wide receiver room. I tried to tell Notre Dame fans this in the offseason. They got after me because I bet under their season win total under nine wins. They're like, oh, no way, 10-2, and 11-1. Marcus Freeman, baby. And I'm like, you have no experience at quarterback. You don't have much talent in the room. You got a first-year coach. The wide receiver room is, I I said from a depth aspect, is FCS level. At least when you combine depth and talent, it's certainly bottom 10, power 5, along with the quarterback. You can't win football games consistently if you can't throw the football in in college football. So it's going to be a struggle. Six and six maybe uh, for them. What do you think? You're a Notre Dame hater. I want to hear from you. I think some people get caught up. And, you know, Texas A&M went through this where, like, when the recruiting's going really, really well, people kind of then automatically assume that the team on the field is going to play. Like, I know Marcus Freeman's been killing on the trail. They've got, you know, good classes together. But as you said, the team that he had this year, 
does not have a significant amount of talent. Um, I, I would be worth this thing that does weird me. And you saw this at the, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but you saw this at the end of the Scott Frost tenure where they basically forced him to change coordinators. They made him give up control of the offense to Mark Whipple. I'm going to, if, if Marcus Freeman thinks Tommy Reese should be firing, he's not the guy and all that. And he wants a new OC. I can see if the, AD starts to get him and then forces somebody in on him. And then, you know, yeah, to me, that's not the way to run a winning program is to be, you know, telling coach who they have to hire, who they have to fire and that. So I would still, I, to me, I would give, let the cycle happen. Give this staff another year. Uh, if you start firing, Tommy Reese, a great recruit. If you start firing coordinators, your recruiting is going to take an impact. Let them bring in a cycle of talent. Maybe get a quarterback in the portal and that, and see what happens. Um, so I, I would be, uh, you know, okay, giving uh, giving this staff another year and seeing if they can put it together. But I, I agree with you that in they haven't really been able to fix the issues on the fly. And I know that their, their lack of talent, but there's obviously, I mean, even with that, that said, you shouldn't be losing to Marshall at home. You shouldn't be losing to Stanford at home, like. It, it, this could have been a down Notre Dame year and still got to seven, eight wins, not five or six. Agree. I will say, actually, Tommy Reese was kind of forced on Marcus Freeman. That was a hire made by the athletic director. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works moving forward uh, if they do separate, because obviously the offense is a problem. I mean, for me, Freeman, his job is to recruit defense, and so recruiting's great. Look, the defense isn't great. They don't have great talent. But when you're giving right. up 21 points to Ohio State, I would have a sneaky suspicion that's the lowest points Ohio State scores all year in any game. Uh, you give up 19 points to Marshall. Obviously, I take out the pick six. Uh, 16 to Stanford. That's In 2022, that's winning football. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. The offense is a problem. But we knew it was going to be the problem when, when you don't have a quarter. Notre Dame's starting quarterback is out for the year. The backup is a guy that I would say at five foot eleven with limited athletic ability should be starting for Bowling Green. Maybe, yeah, maybe yep. that's what they're dealing with. So, Kate, do you want? Uh, there's some rumors in Michigan land. Cade McNamara, starting name? quarterback for Notre. Do you want him starting in the portal? Do you want him next year? Yeah, I would take him for next year. They don't have anybody. I mean, CJ Carr is not going to come until 24. It looks like. So, here's when I start getting mad at Freeman. He's got to keep the recruiting class together. That's his job, priority yeah. number one. The team can't tank down the stretch, even though they're going to be up against against Clemson and USC. They can't tank. He's got to keep the recruiting class together. And then I will start grading them. They have to do something about the quarterback room. They have to go out and get a transfer quarterback. I don't even care if it's like a Jack Cone type. I would say McNamara is kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, but they have to do that. They can't stand pat with the quarterback room in 2023. If they do, then, then I start saying, hey – we need to start, you know, some people starting maybe Tommy Reese need to get the ax. So yep. we'll see. Sorry, I went off on a tangent on my team. Uh, it kind of <laughs> sucks. But <laughs> let's talk about some other teams that, that failed to live up the billing uh, this past week. Who stood out to you? Uh, you can take that cowbell and throw it out, throw it out the freaking window there. Because I tell you what, Mike Leach, when he's going up against uh, in a spot where he's going up against, it, fe- it just feels like in the SEC – there was enough talent and enough competent defensive coordinators where that scheme can be diagnosed properly. And you saw this, you saw this when he was at Wazoo when they played Washington every year and they just ate his lunch every single year. They were able to, no matter who he had, no matter how good of a record they, you know, when they're going up against Cal and Arizona and they're able to throw it around for it. But in, I just, in the SEC, when you're going up against the talent level and the consistent defense, like, 
this scheme, I don't love it. Um, and that's that's a bad loss. It's a bad loss. It's a Kentucky. They didn't do anything. Will Levis wasn't 100%. They basically yeah. just ran this very conservative, handed off, run for three yards of carry, and ground down. Um, and it's a game that, that misses. It was there for them to take control of the whole time, and they couldn't do it. And that's exactly how they lost to LSU, where they couldn't finish drives. They couldn't sustain anything. They couldn't build on a lead. And then at the very end, you get a turnover, you lose to LSU. Same thing happens here. They should have been up multiple scores. They don't convert. They fall apart at the end because the defense finally gives out um, another bad loss to a team that they're better than. Um, and I, this is just – this is this is yeah, why I'm – Let's tell the people really why you're mad. It's a Kentucky season win total. You wanted another loss, I, right? We should have had it in the bank. If they lose that game, they got to play Georgia, and then Joey K doesn't have to worry about losing his lunch. And now, of course, they win that game. Now I'm sweating it again. Um, just another trash loss for, for a system that I don't believe, I don't believe in Mike Leach. I know people I like media loves him. And I don't believe him. I don't think he belongs in the SEC. Um, I think he's a guy who should be, you know, at some random Pac-12 school or a G5, um, not at Mississippi State. I don't think you can consistently win with that system. Where you at? We'll get to this week's game, Mississippi State. Where you at on that one? I want to lay with Bama. I see 20 and a half, Westgate, South Point. Uh, after we get off the show, I'll probably bet those. I, I don't, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a th- thing where, like, this is again, they're not going to move the ball on Bama. That's just a Saban. I mean, he's had that diagnosed for, for the, like, so I would agree with you. It would be, I, the number now, I was hoping to get, you know, under 21. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely not cheap, but I, I don't like, they, they don't make explain. They literally, there's no explosiveness in the offense whatsoever. It's like we have to dink and dunk all the way down the field. We can't run the ball in the red zone. They can't score points. So it's just like they can't convert anything unless they're playing. So, yeah, against any reasonable defense, uh, yeah, it just, I, I'm just, a, it's trash. I don't, I don't, I don't know why they brought in Leach in the first place. And this, it's only reinforcing it. <laughs> I'll give you another team. Uh, that, that really underperformed not too far in your neck of the woods. I couldn't believe it. Just pathetic, feeble Wisconsin losing to Michigan State. I mean, I felt good early in the game. And then, I mean, maybe Michigan State, when, when you look at it, got some guys healthy. Reed at wide receiver. Coleman stepped up by the car at tight end. And maybe they're just getting a little bit healthier compared to what they were. But my goodness, Wisconsin, just when I thought they had some momentum uh, and Jim Leonard might get the permanent gig. They lose outright as a touchdown favorite, so big thumbs down for me. And it was legitimate. I don't think it was fluky, to be yeah. honest with you. I thought Michigan State was clearly the better team uh, there. So kudos for uh, Michigan State getting a win, and Wisconsin, big thumbs down. Another thumbs down for me is California losing to Colorado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Off a of bye, two touchdown plus favorite. Losing to that Colorado outfit. Now maybe Colorado's a little bit better with an interim coach. I mean, Carl Durrell wasn't, uh, I would say, the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, and now with an interim coach who I really don't like either, Mike Sanford Jr., the offensive coordinator, maybe there's a little bit of life there, but still no excuse for California to lose that game against a Colorado team that I had in my power ranks, bottom 10 in the country. I'm not te- saying bottom 10 power five. I'm talking including the group of five. Yep. They were bottom 10 in my power ranks. So that was a bad look there. Anybody else with a bad look for you? You know, I've got – again, it's – it's one that I, I don't know if I can say is, is that surprising, but but Florida uh, giving up 45 to LSU, um, and, and oh, that's yeah. one where I, 
you just just when you think Brian Kelly's gonna die, I give it to him. Oh I mean, God. I gotta give it to him. The man knows how to run a football program and keep it. And just when you think the wheels are gonna fall off, there, uh, he's able to. And that that's that is a fascinating game to me this week because uh, it's two teams that I think are a bit fraudulent on both sides of it. Um, and I'm not. I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on that one. Um, but yeah, that's. That's a rough loss for Florida, giving up 45 to that LSU offense. Um, and it's, you know, Billy Napier. I would say Napier is in the, uh, I, I put him in this Marcus Freeman category of, um, you know, it had some rough losses, going to need, it definitely needs to upgrade the talent. Didn't come into, you know, a stock room there. Um, but is at a place where they don't have a ton of patience. You know, they're not, they're not going to wait three, four years for, for Florida to come back. So, uh We'll see there, but that that is that is not a especially the way it played out. Um, uh, Florida just they need they need a lot of players, um, and that's that's going to they need skill players, they need players on defense, um, and that's that's going to take a few years. A lot of first year coaches struggling a little bit. I mean, Cristobal, Miami, Venables, Oklahoma, Napier, yep. Florida, Freeman, Notre Dame. Although I find Freeman taking the most heat, I find that intriguing. Uh, we won't go down. Uh, that but i, I, yeah, I was gonna say i think the i think we, we, we you can't say it on the show but i think we would know the reason for that yeah i mean <laughs> my goodness yeah yeah it's wow not that i'm surprised considering no country, no but whatever but yeah <laughs> but <laughs> moving along you know you you teased it let's just start with the biggest games of the week one of them is that 330 cbs game we'll talk brian kelly lsu Ole miss i i hate brian kelly you know that but you're right. He knows how to win football games, not big games, but football games, period. That was a must win for him. And when, it, when he gets needs a must win against a team that he can beat, not a top 10 team, but a team he can beat, he usually does it. We'll see this week. I actually bet him. I thought they should have been a slight favorite, not a slight underdog. It's flipped to them being favored. So I still lean that way as far as LSU. I do agree with you. I think Ole Miss is a little fraudulent. Why? They haven't played really anybody yet. And now that's a, a, a big road game for them. Uh, defense was leaky. I thought they could have put the clamps on Auburn last week. They didn't. They, they fooled around and messed around with that game. Didn't cover, depending on what spread you got. Yep. So I actually think situationally, I, I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised LSU wins this game. So I, that's where my lean is here. At LSU, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, there was some some look-ahead stuff that, that LSU, you know, three and a half, four and a half and stuff. Um, I, again, I, I wouldn't be Favorite or dog? Yeah, I know, I know. I I wouldn't be inclined now that that they're uh, you know a small favorite, but I agree. You know, like just the that is such a you know a, a Lane Kiffin um, against Auburn where they have multiple chances to just put them away and run them off the field, and the defense is giving up plays, um, and Robbie Ashford's running around, and it, it just it feels so. Um, I, I don't know, lackadaisical uh, under Lane Kiffin where where they don't have that, you know, the, the killer instinct or a team's ability to put teams away. Um, the defense is a little soft. They weren't able to consistently run the ball when they needed to. So, yeah, I, I think it's a very, uh, you know, they're able to score points in bunches and have some flat plays. But, um, yeah, I don't I, – I, I didn't I, – I agree with you that in the comments that, you know, Old Miss – Three hundred, yeah, yes, yeah. It, it was, it was unfathomable. Yeah. That tanks Bigsby literally, he's like, he literally like test performances of like twenty yards, thirty yards, and then they go up in, in a game where Auburn is missing multiple old linemen, um, 
and looks like their season's going off the rails and just run it down, run it over all this whole day. So underwhelming performance to me. Um, and yeah, this could be a uh, maybe just Ole Miss is, is not that good and, and, and kind of exposed uh, as maybe LSU trends up here. But I'm, I'm, I don't have a position on this one. Um, just a little conflicted of two teams that, that I'm not really buying into. I didn't want to bring it up, but Holt in the chat uh, brings up the Kent State collapse being bad. Yeah, I fully know that because I was on Kent State. <laughs> that was one where I kind of countered a winner. They're up three touchdowns when you're getting more than a touchdown. And you're up three touchdowns. You think you're you're safe. You're not, obviously. More on the Mac in a little bit, though. I got a sneaky best bet that I literally found before the show, just doing a little, you know, deep diving into some box scores that I think uh, we'll we'll get some value there. Uh, let's move along to another big game, ACC. You have a top fifteen Syracuse team undefeated this late in the season for the first time since nineteen eighty seven. Were you even born yet, Kanish, in 87? That, that was the year of Kanish. That was the birth year, baby. That was, there you when go. Uh, Joey K landed on the uh, great, great green earth. <laughs> there you go. They're on the road playing at Clemson. Uh, Clemson's laying a big number here, 13 and a half. I can tell you, I think it closes 14, to be honest with you. So, I, you know, some, a lot of my best, when I make like 50 bets on a Sunday morning, you know, obviously a lot of it's power ratings, maybe a few situational spots, but a lot overwhelming amount, especially when I'm betting favorites around key numbers. It's just where do I expect the market to move? Can, can I play back later in the week? Just to, I'll take a position now on a relatively soft number. So that's what I did here. Uh, certainly lean Clemson. I don't think Syracuse played really anybody yet. Uh, obviously, they benefited from playing a backup quarterback last week in NC State. Uh, the, the one worry I do have is, Clemson has been through kind of you could I don't know if you call the ACC a gauntlet, but I mean when you look at who they played the last you know three weeks or so, Wake Forest, NC State, at Florida State, now playing Syracuse, and I'm here to tell you, this isn't a Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson type Clemson team. I know they're unbeaten, but as far as my power rings, I even have like a Michigan ahead of them. Uh, I think Michigan would be favored over a neutral, so. While they're unbeaten, I don't know if this is this is a playoff contender, not necessarily a national title contender. I'm not sure that Clemson's good enough to win a playoff game. So lean lean here for Clemson, just playing numbers. I made it 14. What say you? Yeah, I played some 12 and a half uh, that that was out there yesterday uh, earlier today. I know there was a, obviously a sharp service that that played uh, it today. It got to 14, and then there was some immediate resistance there at 14. So he had some immediate buyback. Um, so obviously uh, some differing opinions in the market. Um, I, I agree. I still think under 14 to play. I'd love uh, you know if there's a 13 out there um, to play that. I thought 12 and a half was cheap. I don't know how Syracuse moves. I, I really. Really, I'm not a fan of the Syracuse offense. Um, I, I think in spots that, that they'll be able to, you know, there, there's certain teams in the ACC uh, that they can, you know, pound the rock on and, and move it around. This is not one of them. Uh, it's it's not a quarterback who I'm really in love with, Garrett Schrader. I don't think the Syracuse wide receiver room is very good. Um, they really need to be able to run the ball to have success. Um, and I don't think they're going to be able to do it here whatsoever. And then on the other side, again, as you said, it's not the greatest Clemson offense in the world, but has been improving throughout the year. I think it's much better now than it was, especially last year, and much even better than it was early in the season. Um, you know, maybe last year they're, they're not able to kind of come out of that, you know, the early hole versus Florida State and then put up a, a 30 spot uh, against a, you know, a team that has more defensive talent than Syracuse has. So 
Um, yeah, I, I think it, I, Clemson should be cut. They did kind of, you know, mess around there at the end of the last week, and and yeah, you know, it, it looked a lot closer uh, at the end of it than than you know it, than the game truly was. So um, I think Clemson under fourteen is good. I, I just I just don't think Syracuse matches talent wise and what Syracuse needs to do to be able to win games and cover. I don't think they're able to do it. Um, it's one where just the, the Clemson D-line should dominate everything Syracuse wants to do here. So uh, anything under 14 would be a Clemson play for me. A couple of good questions in the chat. Uh, Brennan Smith, uh, Q's team total under. Yeah, I would certainly lean that way. Uh, obviously, they're not a lot of those aren't up yet, but at least at, at a majority of the books. But I, I would lean that way uh, there. I could see that. Uh, Robin, Steven Robinson talking about Clemson giving up late touchdowns. Yeah, I could see that, but there's been some inconsistencies. Uh, I, we mentioned, you know, the, the Clemson team overall. I'm actually a little bit concerned with some of the defensive breakdowns that we did not see under former Brent Venables' defensive coordinator. So that does have, have me a little worried. Another worry for me, if you follow this series, at least since Dino Babers has come over, he's kind of no, been true. not necessarily a kryptonite, but there's been a lot of close games between Syracuse and Clemson in the last five, six years, including last year. I mean, well, Clemson played a lot of close games, but, I mean, they they have beaten Clemson. I think it was, what, 2017 or 18 outright. There's been some other close matchups between these two teams. So that that, that has me preventing Clemson from being best bet material there. Uh, you got any final thoughts on the game before we move on to another one? No, you make a good point there with the, it's like, it's hard to even kind of fathom why or how Syracuse, you know, I like to have the, like a causation if, if I'm saying, but it I has been one of the, I don't know, I can't really put it in exactly what Syracuse does that, that they've played some close games there, but I agree with that. Um, and to Steven's point in the chat, I think the Clemson, that will affect them in games where they're going up against better passing off or potentially in playoff games if they play in Ohio State or that's where the Clemson secondary as you mentioned that has breakdowns that is playing a lot of younger guys um that I don't think has elite coverage guys um that that to me is where to more come into play in this game though versus Syracuse passing offense I don't think it's as much of a concern. It'll be a concern in some games that down the road um where Clemson you know we want to fade them in this game, Syracuse doesn't really play that that kind of ball and have that kind of passing offense, so it would be lesser a concern for me this week than it would be uh, in future games. Excellent point there, Kanish. Not that you don't always make excellent points, but Thank I thought you. that Thank was pretty you. sharp there. So, <laughs> you know me, I'll, I'll give you you know constructive criticism, but I'll give you praise when you deserve it. And obviously, you've been carrying the, the show when it comes to best bets this year. Let's talk about. Let's welcome back a conference to big-time college football with, it seems like, consistent big games week after week. We've missed you for the last five, six years, but another big one this week in the Pac-12, a pair of top ten teams, at least in the AP Bowl rankings. Oregon hosting UCLA, Chip Kelly, another trip back uh, to his former stomping grounds there in Eugene. I am not – you know, I did bet over 69 and a half. I'm not a big guy that's betting, you know, overs early in the week, but I just I, – Oregon offensively has been going at, at a rapid pace ever since the debacle against Georgia. I mean, look at some of their offensive output numbers. It's been incredible. Bo Nix, we haven't seen bad Bo Nix since the Georgia game for obvious reasons. I, and on the other side of the ball, I easily could see UCLA getting well into the 30s here. I just thought, hell, this total is going to close 
I mean, I would even say it closes higher than it is now at 70 and a half. In fact, I think 72 and a half, 73 is probably the final landing spot for this total. So I'm leaning over here. I got nothing on the side. What say you? You know, I so there was one. It was was three in the morning. I'm, I'm a late uh, night owl. And there was one place that ended up popping to seven. Uh, and I was like, oh, am I going to get off the going to go downtown? And, and I, I didn't do it. And of course, uh you know, no sevens out there at the moment. Seven was my buy point on UCLA. Um, I, I thought that was getting a bit rich. Um, I, I had this more around four and a half. Um, so I, I'll probably play a six and a half small. I'm going to watch the market on this one. I think you'll you'll eventually see some. Uh, yeah, I agree with Chris. If, there, if I see a seven again um, at a place I can get down at, I'll bet some seven. Um, but again, we'll see if the market takes it there. I think at some point there'll be uh, some buyback here on UCLA. Uh, I don't mind the over overplay there. Um, Oregon has, has played this, you know, they they played Georgia. Uh, obviously, the scoreboard says they get blown out, but they were more competitive in that game than it ends up. And then they've kind of yeah. played this run of, of like total cupcakes here and just been blasting them, blasting them, blasting them. Whereas UCLA, on the other hand, has played some of the better teams in the Pac-12 um, and beat them all. So... I, I, I'm a, you know, I get, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I'm fascinated by this one. And as you said, uh, you know, that USC Utah game, I know they didn't get the the love as, uh, as much as the Bama Tennessee game, but that was, God, that was a fantastic game. Oh, it was. It was a great Pac-12. You know, it was like, you know, p- kids are crying on the field of Utah and that, after that one. And they're like, I remember the Brian says, oh, God, this is why I love college football. That was it. Uh, I, and I just love watching USC's offense too. Like I know people don't like Lincoln, but they are. It is a fun offense to watch. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, in this one, I'm again. It, it would be a UCLA at seven for me. Uh, I'm a little conflicted on exactly how you know if Oregon's this good. Um, but I feel like I feel like UCLA's proved it here. And, and giving the if I can get him with a touchdown, uh, it seems a little inflated to to where I'm at because I've been bumping UCLA up. Um, so yeah, that would be the only. The only play for me at current if it can get there. All right. Fair enough there. And, and again, like you mentioned, I'm just glad to see. I mean, the Pac-12 being exciting again. You mentioned the USC-Utah game. I mean, it was a, an unbelievable game. And the thing that I love about college football is the emotion. I mean, you see the final scene there in Salt yeah. Lake, obviously in Knoxville. I mean, look, the NFL, the quality of the game is so much better. But, man, when it comes to an atmosphere, the emotions, the tradition, the pageantry, my goodness. Love college football. I like winning no more, to be honest. (laughs) Speaking of, I'll tell you what, a lot of people are betting this one already, like they're going to know the final score. Next matchup, ranked on rank one, we got Texas at Oklahoma State. Texas, one of the biggest line movers so far this week. They're up to six and a half in a few spots, favored on the road. It's the second consecutive week. We've seen money come in big time against Oklahoma State, even though they covered most numbers last week, especially you're betting that game late in the week, and they blew a big lead against TCU. I understand the Texas money did not get to the. Were you was it the Kanish betting syndicate that took the one at circa? I I, I didn't get it. I I hit. There's one of those instances where I hit minus one. All right, I'll take it. And it was like line has moved to three and a half, and I'm like ah three and a half. No, but hell, hindsight's twenty twenty. I should have bet laid to three and a half at that point. But uh, what I'm intrigued on your take on this one. I. I'm not to the window yet, either side or total on this one, even with a big line move. You know, I was so I was able to fill uh, so, some look aheads that were like around, you know, Texas, uh, a little bit of pick. I was able to get some two and a half. Um, Holy cow. However, uh, this has now, you know, re- it reached the point where yeah, I agree. Like to me, it was one where if it crossed three, I was out on it. Um, yep. 
and now it's got up to you know like six and a half seven i'm like gee you know like yeah it's hard for me i know some people even the some um modeling guys i i work with that were still still betting texas at the four um each one to me like i i thought i i was part and again i was on tcu last week uh part of the early move there um thought even the the move uh, over three last week was fine but oklahoma state they probably should have won that game. Like they, it was where yeah. you know we kind of talked about on the show last week how Gundy, you know, turtles a little bit, and that's what he did. And it cost. I thought it cost them the the game there. Um, and this is this is what I don't. I don't think Texas is is, is a touchdown better than Oklahoma State. And I, and I know this is someone that like doesn't mind fading Oklahoma State. Um, has faded them the last week. I again was on some of the early tech, but now getting up to. This would be another one, like similar. Uh, I I feel better about. I like the UCLA to touch on better, but um, if this is seven, I can just numbers play. You got you got to buy some Oklahoma State. I um, totally agree. At, yeah. at home, it's just it's it's too much respect for me. Um, to a Texas team that again, there there was I figured you know you get a little bit of a letdown. Iowa State they they played great as as a big dog. Um, but they really struggled last week. Um, and, and there was a point in that game where they probably should have lost. Um, Absolutely they should have lost. So to now be, you know, getting steamed up to a touchdown on the road here. Uh, versus a Pokes offense, that's real deal. So, I mean, I mean, they can put up, like, if you want to question the defense, fine. But they have playmakers, uh, and they've been doing it against everybody. So, um, yeah, I didn't get seven. It's a bye. Um, I, am, I am definitely surprised it's gotten up this high. Agree. Uh, seven, definitely a buy for me. I even lean that way at six and a half at the current number. I, I was a guy that bet against Texas last week. Not the look, I have Texas like six in my power ring. So it's not like I'm anti-Texas. I see it with them. But, uh, and last week was a clear letdown spot uh, for, for the Longhorns in that game. Oklahoma State, I get it. I, I get why the modelers don't like Oklahoma State. You look at them statistically. I mean, each of the last three weeks have not been good. Uh, even the blown lead that they got significantly outgained against TCU in that game. But I don't know. Gundy, Gundy's that type of coach that can rally the troops and they'll probably play into this. The fact that they're you know getting a touchdown at home uh, in front of the crowd. So uh, yeah, six and a half lean seven. It's a buy in that one. Uh, one more I want to talk about is Kansas state against TCU. Let's keep it in the big 12. This is one I did take a position on. And yeah. I'm anxious to hear you because I know modelers are going to love TCU. Here's what I don't like. I don't like the spot for TCU at all. Blowout went over Oklahoma, you know, to the wire win against Kansas that I actually wasn't impressed that much with TCU in that game, especially against a backup quarterback in the second half. They go multiple overtimes last week against Oklahoma State. Look, they have surprised. They have impressed. I've upgraded TCU significantly in my power ratings. But they are not Alabama, Ohio State, or Georgia, and I don't think they have the depth of continue week after week to come up and play eight-type eight effort type of games. And I think, you know, I get it that Kansas State's going to probably, you know, I, I could see the other side of it. Kansas State's going to have to score to keep up, but I think they can slog this game down a little bit, Kansas State. And look, hell, hell if they got to score, they did it against Oklahoma. And went into Norman and won that game. I get it. Oklahoma's not very good, but uh, they, they want to shoot out there. So I think Kansas State off a of bye. Anything above three, that's worth it for me. What say you? Yeah, I was in on some five, some four and a half. Um, I don't think this is TCU... steak book at. I mean, is this I, I another one? Of these I don't know where, where do we find it. Where, where is 
like the, you can go to the like uh, there must be some. I don't know who sent these lines in Canada, but uh, I don't know if they ever watched college football before. But yeah, I like you know what I agree with you. Uh, even at three and a half, um, I'd still that would be the last buy point for me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think this TCU defense is any good. Like that, like you look at just their they're like who they've gone up against every and it's I mean they're giving up a ton of yards versus Kansas a ton of yards and points for Oklahoma State Dylan Gabriel went down so I think that kind of helped that you know basically kept Oklahoma at bay there or they they getting over SMU I mean yeah they it's every it's every game they played a real opponent they're just giving up and this is another one where Kansas State I mean, they're going to be able to eat on the ground. Like, they're, they're, yeah. they're just and, – and that's a matchup where, you know, if you're the team that can impose your will – I mean, this is the, the Jim Harbaugh playbook for, for the last time he's been in college football where you can impose your will on the ground and run it on the other team. Like, it is very it, – it makes it difficult on the other team that if you're controlling the game on – it's still, still something in football where if you can run the ball and control the game on the ground, it's tough to lose. Um I think Kansas State can do that, um, and I agree with you. Like you, you talk about the the run of run of teams that that TCU's on. Um, so yeah, three and a half for or better for me is Kansas State. I've got got some TCU futures here that are probably if they win this, they're pretty much locked into the the conference title game. So um, I you know I wouldn't mind a, a horn you, frog. You're gonna go that route already. You're locked in in the Big Twelve, and they're on I'm saying if they beat Kansas State here, they're going to the title game. Uh, right. But unfortunately, uh, Sonny yeah, Dykes. I, I mean, he's got a good track record of closing out seasons real strong. <laughs> yeah, I well, yeah, last Saturday I was cursing his name for most of the game, but uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Kansas State year three or better, uh, lock it in uh, as a best bet for the show. Oh, wow. Best bet. I like it. I agree. That's a double best bet there. I was waiting for you to, to you know, step up there. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a hit, man. Well, I I hate you got the best bet I know where record. We're... You're carrying the show. I mean, I'm dragging the show down. So that makes me feel good uh, that, that we have some agreement there uh, on that best bet. Any other, before we get the best bets, any other lines standing out to you? I'm going to give you one. How is Notre Dame laying 20? I mean, they're getting steamed right now as we're doing the show, 25 and a half at Circa. Can you lay that kind of number with this offense? They can't throw the football, folks. I don't don't know. I don't have a good track record in Notre Dame games this year, so I can tell you I bet in UNLV. I'm not going to make it a best bet for the show, but how can you lay that many points with this team? What say you on this game? You know, I'll tell you, this was one I I had on the radar for 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 circuit when it was opening up, uh, and I, I expected a and this I, nobody nobody loves the Mountain West as much as Joe Gay, uh, and you know I'm out up late, you know, to the wee hours of the morning watching all the Mountain West, and UNLV is a team that really has been they've been beset by injuries. Uh, it's a team that I yep. thought could have competed for the Mountain West early in the year, ton of injuries, level of plays really falling off, got smoked by Air Force, uh, but I thought with the Notre Dame loss. Then I'm like, okay, I'm looking for, you know, a cheap Notre Dame number um, and, and was expecting, you know, to lay it here. as like, you know, I, was, I had an eye on 18, 21, 24, 24 and a half. Uh, no, thank you. So, yeah, it would be a – and, again, this is one where I, I, I came into the week looking to, to take a Notre Dame position here at a discount, and we didn't get a discount whatsoever. Uh, yeah. If anything, I, I think this is – yeah, I agree with you that, too. I, and I know some people have been laying the 24s um, – but yeah, no, I, they're they're way outmatching the trenches. I agree with you. It's going to be tough to. I don't, I'm not sure how you know, significant Doug Brumfield's injury uh, was. This. So keep an eye on that. If, if Brumfield is back, I don't know how long term it was. If he's back, definitely a buy on UNLV. Um, 
If not, it'll probably be a pass for me. But I can't, I can't hate on you for for taking the points at this number because it was, it, it was came uh, just just significantly higher than I thought it was going to open up. I agree. I was in a similar spot. I was like, you know, at twenty, I lay with Notre Dame. Yeah, when I saw twenty four. I was like, Oof, I'll just take UNLV, uh, and then it <laughs> steamed against me. So I got some negative expectation bet there. Uh, another line I just want to throw out there. It shows you how two fronts. It tells you. Just how bad Iowa is, but how good Ohio State is. Twenty nine yeah. against a team that gives up ten points per game. So, and especially Jackson Smith and the Jigba's back. Travion Henderson's back after a bye. If they cover that number against Iowa's defense, that's that's saying something. I just thought that line stood out. That and I didn't bet it. I thought 20, 28, 29 is very fair. So I actually don't expect to see too much line movement there. Did, did you bet this one at all? I actually, I, you know, I bet some 28 uh, to minus 28. Uh, I, I don't know how I, I like it. The, the Iowa offense now, like we've seen enough data points where I don't know how they're like, they just can't move. You need almost like flukish, some turnovers and stuff. And the defense is going to eventually break. Um, I don't know how they move the football against anybody with, you know, a respect. It's an Ohio State defense, as we said, it's not elite, but it's better this year. Um, yeah, yep. And, and it, it's just one where like, there's nothing they do well whatsoever on offense. I can't run the ball. They don't have any playmakers or receiver. Like the quarterback can't move. Um, and you've seen it. They're like they're the bottom 10 rushing and passing team. So uh, for one, it might be one of those where, you know, you're getting some punts back and forth. It takes a while for Ohio state to get there. Um, but I would need, like I was you know asking myself, what do I really need to, to back Iowa in this game? be at least 31 and a half um but before i could even talk myself into a hawkeyes play so yeah i, I thought um uh, again i thought 28 was gonna was gonna go up a little bit um was a little it's 27 deep. opener at circuit again somebody beat me to it yep yep and see i know that was uh yeah i saw that you know 28 7 flash for a minute but um i i just i can't put a game script together where where i was able to i mean you figured they needed 17 to cover this number maybe um and I'm just not sure. Really? Then you gotta like the over. I would bet the other. I haven't bet it yet, but I. I but the, the problem is, like, could I see thirty-eight to seven? Yes. Yeah, you could. So, yeah. um, I, you know, it, it's it's tough. Where if I'm gonna need an over, I might need you know forty-five from Ohio State. So, um, yeah, I'm not. I, I just. I. I think Iowa is just brutal at this point. Um, <laughs> even though the defenses play, they haven't gone up against. This type of a day went up, you know, the Agreed. Michigan defense. Um, and Michigan, Michigan covered that game though, and they covered that game. And late in that game, the fourth quarter, they basically went into full on like they knew Iowa couldn't drive the field on them, they just went into three, like handed off three times in punt mode. Um, so I don't think Ohio State's really wired that they're not really wired that way. Um, so especially in like this in the shoe, so yeah, I think I think uh, the Hawkeyes get run out here couple other things I want to mention before we get to best bets. Obviously, you know, the theme the last three, four weeks have been major quarterback injuries. I want to mention a couple. Uh, the game I'm keeping an eye on, Penn State, Minnesota. I mentioned it uh, earlier in the in the broadcast. Now, for both teams, Standard Morgan obviously got Cato in last week's game. Sean Clifford couldn't finish the game. I kind of want to bet Penn State, believe it or not, in the game. It is a whiteout. I know everyone's used to whiteouts being only against Michigan and Ohio State. This one's that rare one against Minnesota. Minnesota's starting a backup quarterback in his first career start on the road at night in a whiteout. I don't think that's an ideal situation to say the least. So 
I'm going to lean Penn State, but I need clarif- further clarification. Also, maybe lean under. I mean, if Penn State ends up starting a backup quarterback, although that Alar kid, I mean, probably has a higher talent level than Sean Clifford, who's 28 years old and still, you know, can't do it against high school, basically, 18-year-old kids for some reason. The same with Tanner Morgan. He sucked before he got KO'd in that game anyway. So under and Penn State for me there. Another sneaky one, because no one watches West Coast games late at night. Utah State, if you're wondering why they're getting more than a field goal against Wyoming, they were down to a four-string quarterback yeah. at the end of last week's game. They're, obviously, Logan Bonner's already out for the year. Yeah. Their backup, Legat, who's been playing, he's been better than Bonner, to say the least. He got KO'd. Leah Williams, the Wyoming transfer, got KO'd in the game, and they were down to like a freshman. So that's one at least to keep an eye on. I'm not on that game yet. Uh, Liberty, if Charlie Brewer comes back, maybe they're worth it. But right now, I don't see how they stay within the number if it's that Jonathan Bennett kid, a third stringer. Because Salters had surgery, their backup that I actually thought was better than Charlie Brewer. Uh, That's a situation to keep an eye out on. And one more is escaping me. Oh, uh, Tunga Bailoa for Maryland. I don't think he plays. Uh, If it gets to 14, I'll probably take North. I'll take two touchdowns with a good Northwestern defense against a backup quarterback anything that i'm missing yeah i know i i agree i think uh and again i don't have this good for but paying attention to the late night stuff i think Lagos got a concussion and i'm just of the the assumption now yeah if you get a concussion point. in today's football it, you're gonna miss a week like it, like in today's climate in 2022 uh, there's not many times where where guys are coming back though that's week after they get one so um i'm gonna assume he's out the levi williams it was an ankle so yeah, I agree with you. I was kind of I waiting for some updates there, but um, I think Wyoming would be would be the side for me. If the, even if like uh, you know Williams was able to go with the ankle, um, I mean he, he he's not a very good quarterback to begin with. So um, yeah, Wyoming would be the lean there. Um, and I agree with you. I, like, like, you know what? Yeah, Pat's cats is kind of like the uh, the Big Ten Matt Campbell here. If you can get a a fourteen with him against a backup QB, I agree with you. I think he's one that. Uh, they just have a assembly. Also, Maryland. I had some higher expectations after the, and it's cost me some money. It cost me some money against Purdue. Uh, um, they, they've they've underwhelmed relative to what I thought they could be uh, after the Michigan game when they were really competitive. So, uh, yeah. Now, if they're getting a backup quarterback, yeah, if they, that hits fourteen, uh, and no uh, talk about Loyola, uh, that'd be a buy as well. That's a good transition into best bets because I'm going to talk about a, a past quarterback injury that's offering some value here. I don't, again, I'm not sure that people dive into this stuff, even though it's Monday morning, you think the market would react appropriately. I don't think they are yet. Rocky Lombardi came back last week for Northern Illinois, a, a team that was kind of dead in the water for several games, at least, you know, losing them. I don't think they were putting up terrible performances, uh, you know, and some losses there, but he was out. Three, four games since the Vanderbilt game. Comes back last week. Very solid. And they blow out Eastern Michigan, even though the whole world seemed to be betting Eastern Michigan on game day. That money turned out to be wrong. And I'm I, another play that I like here, at least as far as the handicap in this game, is I want to fade Ohio. The last three games for Ohio, the scoreboard has not matched the box score for them. And it's all been in a positive as far as Ohio's Final score looking better than what the box score said. It started with a Kent State game. They give up 736 yards, and somehow the game goes to overtime. 
against, you know, last week against Western Michigan, they forced six turnovers. They're plus eight turnovers the last three games. This is a team that, you know, even the Akron game was close yardage wides in a game that they, you know, the scoreboard said they blew out Akron. So I think Northern Illinois, I know I'm not a big road favorite guy, but I'm going to lay it two and a half. I think it closes three when more word gets out that Lombardi's back for Northern Illinois. That signifies value. Give me the Huskies. What say you here? It, first, did you see how that like played out too? Because like they the other cube they announced the other QB is the starter, yeah. and then he gets like the first snap and the and then they sub Lombardi in and he plays the whole game and plays fantastic. Yep. Like it was like a legend, like Mac corruption here. Now, mind you, there's nobody <laughs> that no 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 Mac report. Like nobody covers any of these Mac teams, so they got like one intern on staff, uh, like re- remote Illinois that covers you know the entire section for the Mac. So it's hard to get good info, but. I, that, that was like an all-time ruse of like, oh, we're not starting Lombardi. And he's backing up. Oh, one play in, yeah, we're going to him. And, and he plays great. So I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I know some guys that that bet Illinois early. Um, and uh, The board's lined up right now. I love it. People and I it. agree with you that, uh, yeah, I'm going to play, play a little myself here. So, yeah, no, I got no qualms with that. Uh, it, it's definitely short if, if Lombardi plays. So, Nothing wrong with uh, hey, I'm I'm on board with you there with the Northern Illinois play. Yeah, and just to show you that I don't think the market's fully grasping the handicap. This opened the total fifty seven and a half. I that's my favorite bet of the week, and when that opened up, it's moved like eight points. So obviously the totals reacted to hey, Lombardi's back. Northern Illinois, uh, Northern Illinois' offense can be better than expected. I just don't think the side has appropriately reacted yet. Not that I think he's worth like six points to spread, but he's worth a few points. Uh, more than, than what's being signified here uh, in this game. And then, again, it's, I think, a fade Ohio spot. So that's number one best bet for me. What, what's your uh, – you already gave one. Uh, you gave out Kansas State. What, what's your second best bet? Well, I think, based off what you said uh, earlier, in a, that we might have a, uh, a dual one here. Oh. Give me, we're going back to the Mountain West. And I, either we're going to have a great head-to-head or it's going to be a double best bet. I'm taking Boise State. Um, I, this is one that it opened up. I couldn't believe this opened up. Uh, some look-aheads were around pick and stuff like that. Opens up four. There was some four and a half yesterday. Um, I just I think this is number giving way too much respect to an Air Force team that I know they hammered UNLV. This is the best, and a Boise State, and I know they've they've regressed, you know, bad. It's not the your you know your older brother, your uncle's Boise State that was beating Oklahoma, but they have the best defensive line in front seven uh, in the Mountain West, and it's not close. It's it's not even close. That's the the one thing they can still hang their hat on uh, is defensive line. They can still control the trenches. They beat the hell out of Fresno, and Fresno would just did that to you know San Jose State, and I think it's you know they've played. The, the option, you know, relatively, I mean, there's obviously these two teams go every year. Um, they've had a little bit of a, you know, a break here to get ready for it. Um, so, and Bachmeyer transfers. And I'll tell you, I think that was enough. I think that's exactly what needed to happen. Because uh, I like Green's a little bit more mobile. I think he gives Air Force some more problems. Um, and it just, instead of doing this, you know, like QB roulette crap and Bachmeyer struggling, I think it gives him a little bit more of an identity. Um and he played, you know, well in a small sample without him so far. So Boise uh, at three and a half, uh, it could lock in a, a best bet for me. I played four and a half. I'm still fine with three and a half. Um, I, I just think that the, the, there's the, this to me should be a round pick. Um, I, I don't think 
Air Force, you know, smacking a UNLV team that uh, has nobody on defense and is dealing with a ton of injuries, changes their mindset. That that they've been, it's been in an underwhelm and an Air Force team that I thought coming into the year could be, you know, an elite, and they they really underwhelmed uh, for the majority of the year before, you know, blowing out UNLV. Now they're placing playing the best defense they're going to face uh, all year in the Mountain West, uh, and I'll take a over a field goal in, in a you know going to be a grinder triple option type game. So I couldn't agree more. I think Boise State's the best bet on the board, the entire board, uh, at three and a half. Uh, I, I played it already. Yep. Uh, I love it uh, for for a lot of the reasons you said. I'm looking – obviously, the, the numbers are tighter this time of year. So I am looking for teams that, you know, significantly change their dynamic. Boise State, I think, is example, exhibit A. Market says their offense coordinator gets fired – that there's, you know, multiple years starting quarterback transfers out. Oh, bad. It's opposite. It's been great. It, it, it's it, They've upgraded a quarterback. They got a kid green, 6'6", 215. Gives him a totally different dynamic. He looks like, you know, kind of like a Kaepernick at quarterback for him. And Boise State hasn't had that, uh, obviously, a kind of talent like that at quarterback in several years. On top of it, they upgraded offense coordinator. You know who's calling plays for him right now? Dirk Cutter, the former Boise coach. Arizona State, head coach of Tampa Bay. I get it. He may be flamed out in the NFL. But we're talking Boise. There's a big difference right. in the NFL and Boise State. And he's kind of giving them some stability on the offensive side of the ball. Keep in mind, they got a young second-year head coach, Avalos, no head coaching experience. He's a defensive-minded coach. So Cutter on the offensive side of the ball, being a veteran offensive guy, perfect dynamic. I just The market's not grasping this. They hammered San Diego State in the second half. I get it. San Diego State sucks offensively, but they don't suck defensively. Yep. And Boise State went up and down the field on them. And they also hammered Fresno State. I say Fresno State sucks. Well, ask San Jose State how bad Fresno State is. So I think Boise State now is what we thought coming into this season. They're the best team in the Mountain West. And no. I, I like the dynamic there. You're right. Air Force, I biggest bet I made all offseason was over their win total. And I'm going to have to sweat that mf or out. I mean, they've already lost twice as a double-digit favorite outright. And I think – forget Boise State plus three and a half. I think they win the game, to be honest with you. So, And I like, obviously, an extra week to prep for the option in the middle of the season. So, for Boise sure. State for me, Kanish. We got another no, one? You know, and you look at the, this Air Force body of work. Uh, this is going to be the best team they've played by a significant margin. I mean, it's FCS, Colorado, Wyoming, Nevada, Navy, Utah State. They lost, as you said, lost uh, Utah State. Um, and then UNLV, a beat up UNLV. So this is going from, uh, I mean, where you haven't, you know, I, I look at it as very similar to the Wyoming game, which they lost. This is a team, Boise State, that obviously goes up against this this scheme every year, extra week to prepare, and has significantly better front seven uh, than what Wyoming's trotting out there. Um, and, and so I, I, Utah State was able to run all over Air Force. I just, it, it's, it's an Air Force team to me I expected a lot more out of. Uh, and when you, you've talked about the competition level they've faced, it's bottom basement uh, FBS every single week so far. Uh, and now now you got the Broncos coming in with all the revamps that you mentioned. So, yeah, I agree. I like I like to think Boise wins outright. Um but getting over a field goal here uh, is 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 a beauty. So yeah, I think that is the uh, the hit the books combo best bet of the week. Definitely. Uh, I'll get to a quick question. Baylor quarterback. I forgot to mention. I'm not sure if he plays again. It might be another concussion type. Situation. I agree. 
I bet they're Kansas already. Very cautious. So I'm not sure he plays. I will tell you, I like the backup. He played well against West Virginia. I watched him in the spring game. Kid's very talented. He was a high four-star kid, one of their highest-rated kids that they've ever had. So not that I'm saying that Baylor, but I'm waiting for the market. Here's what I'm waiting because the market can be so stupid. Like it's already – maybe you can you know confirm this, but I see it all the time. Like it's already built into the number that the quarterback isn't going to play. Then it goes on the Don Best screen, and then you see idiots betting into it like it isn't already factored into the price uh, of the game. So – Here's what I'm going to do with the Baylor-Kansas game. I'm going to wait for Shapin to be out yep. and the line to get dro- driven down a few more points, and I'll take Baylor. Uh, I kind of agree with the under money a little, maybe a little bit. I don't know. It's tough betting unders with Kansas right now because I don't think their backup quarterback is that big of a downgrade over what they had. So I'm going to lay back on that underplay right now. No, I agree. I, uh, You know what? The, the like the, the, As far as I was expecting the Kansas offense, like – they were still going at Oklahoma like late in that game, even though their defense was getting shredded. Like they're they're still coming back. Like, and there was they a were. chance there where they were gonna get inside the number late. There that was one of the, the bigger sharp moves of the week last week, and they were right there to cover that one. Um, so yeah, no, I I agree, and that's one of those things like you'll see a Don Best notification, like the line's already moved, like it's already shaped into place. Yeah. Notification blows up, some people still bet it. Um, so I agree. This definitely, if shipping goes out, um, I think goes under a touchdown. So yeah, if you, if you want some, uh, you're out there and you want to lay Baylor, I think once, cause it's the same thing we talked about with Lagos, uh, for Utah state concussion. I don't think you're coming back within a week. Um, so I believe, uh, he was knocked out. I believe that was a legitimate concussion, uh, cause he took a nasty hit there. Uh, so I would, I would highly doubt he plays in this one. And I think once it's announced, uh, yeah, you'll see the Kansas money roll in. Unless you got a final best bet. I'm going to close the show with this marquee Sunbelt matchup. You got another I got, bet? You know what? Got it's on more? the same day, though. I know where you're going with the Sun Belt, but before that, all right, I'm gonna. And you know what? I'll wait to if Sims. This is another quarterback one where I think he's going to play. By all accounts, I think it was minor. He did exit at the end of uh, the overtime game they played with Duke. I like the Yellow Jackets here. Uh, getting you know now that it's down to three. Um, I I just think we, we've talked about it on the show multiple weeks. <laughs> I hate Virginia. Uh, I think they're absolutely miserable. I don't know if the bottom is in on them yet. If Sims plays for Georgia Tech, uh, I like laying three there. Um, however, you definitely want him out because there's a significant. That's when we talked about you know some there's a, it's a significant downgrade for Georgia Tech if he can't go. So um, that's one I'm going to monitor all week up until game time. I think he's good to go. There was some message board stuff. He just had a little bit of a you know a five bruise or something. He walked off the field fine. Um, so I think he's playing, but want to get that confirmation. Uh, and Georgia Tech will then uh, will be my final best bet of the week. I might slight disagreement there, but I'm I'm not gonna. I mean, I get it. I I, I took four and a half of Virginia. So again, numbers, not teams, folks. I mean, so I three. Nah, I, I'm not really interested. What I am interested in now go to the game of this. Is it better, bigger than Tennessee and Bama for some people? Yeah, I mean, the winner's going to win the West Division in the Sun Belt. And there was a lot of juicy future prices in the Sun Belt, particularly West teams, which we thought was going to be a lot more wide open than the market was pricing that because we thought Louisiana was going to take a major step back. The team that's represented the West Division several years in a row out of the Sun Belt. And a big one on a weekday night, Thursday night, Troy at South Alabama, South Alabama favored by three. Fair number. I didn't bet it. Did you bet this one? 
you know what? I, uh, I, I don't even know if I should, you know, for, for the narrative sake, I, I hate saying this to the people. I did take a little bit of Troy at three and a half. Um, oh my God. I know. Let's, let's I got to cover. I got so many South, I have enough South Bama futures to buy a, you know, a new condo in South Bama. If they, if they can win this division. Um, so I God, Troy, they're playing. So I'll tell you that the situation we, you know, we had here is Troy's QB. They, Troy's QB, Gunnar Watson, gets hurt. Jared George comes in. He's been outplaying Gunnar Watson. Watson starts last week, ends up getting pulled for Doge. Doge comes in again, plays fantastic. I'm interested to see who they start in this game. Um, Because I will say, my boys in Mobile, the defense is a little leaky. Um, But I will say, finally, like, after a few weeks of, like, the South Bama numbers being, like, out of control, uh, I played, you know, played some ULM last week. Like, I where, did, where too. These, these numbers, like, I, I get, and it's one that maybe just because, like, people won't, like, including me won't shut up about talking about them. Like, some of the, the South Bama prices the last few weeks have just been absolutely insane. This is one, um, I think three is right. Uh, I did take a little a little three and a half uh, to, you know, emotionally hedge if, if we go down. Hopefully, South Bama by one, two, or three. Um but I will have this on. Uh, I should fly down to Mobile to you know go to this game because this is this is a big one for me, um, and I think it's going to be uh, an absolute uh, barn burner. And I tell you, whoever wins this game is going to win. Not just win the division. I think they're winning the Sun. These are the two best teams in the Sun Belt. Um, I think by you know Besides, outside of James team. Madison, who can't win it. <laughs> yeah, since Madison can't win, but they lost last week to win it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm 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 excited uh for for just the showdown in Mobile. All right. You got any closing thoughts? Is that it? Uh you wanna it, listen, I know you got some uh hook Heisman. Is it are we down to a three man race for the Heisman? Uh two man race? Is it just Stroud and Hooker here? Um you know, oh, you, wow. you got any uh any Heisman? Uh, I got I both know. already in pocket in July, so <laughs> I'm good there. Uh, I think it's a two man race right now. Uh, I can see Hooker winning it. I mean, if he beats Georgia, I, I mean, I, I we'll see. I mean, it, it's all it's and I've said this time and time again. It has totally changed in my lifetime. I'm not that old, but I mean, I'm just, I'm I'm getting there. Uh, but it used to be when I was a kid, career lifetime achievement. Now it's literally. And it shows you how our society has changed. What have you done for me lately? What did I just last see in the biggest game? So, honestly, it's going to come down to how Hooker does against Georgia, how Stroud does against Michigan, and if both are playing on the championship weekend, whoever has the best game in that game. So, ask me then. I've already bet both at great numbers, so I'm not running the window to to hedge back on anybody. I I do think they're two of the clear-cut favorites right now. I'll say this. I do think Bryce Young's still the best player when you watch him yeah, play I I, and the stuff that he does bouncing around. I mean, Alabama, again, I said this at the top, Alabama would be a three-loss team without Bryce Young. That's how good he is. No, I agree. And, uh, yeah, if I, I know there's some some Will Levis NFL draft buzz uh, from him. Getting, oh, my God. If somebody takes him over uh, Bryce Young. Woo! Or CJ uh, Stroud. I, 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 yeah, I can't. I can't. They did Kentucky.
Kentucky doesn't even want to throw the ball. They're like, oh, we got the number one. Like, look at the difference between what Bryce Young has to do for Alabama to stay in game and what Kentucky has to do. They don't even want Levis to throw the ball at the end of games. They're trying to run their hand it off every play. So I take yeah. Edin Hooker over Levis. I agree. Oh. I don't know. I don't tools. I don't. I don't. I hope Mel Kiper doesn't know what he's talking about. Shout out there to my girl Clarissa Shields, Flint Town baby. I see it in the chat. Had a big bet on her uh, against uh, that that Brit Marshall. So. Uh, yeah, shout out Clarissa, best female boxer in the world uh, from good old Flint. Uh, her story is, but I don't know if, you, if you're into that, but uh, her story is fantastic. She had a huge, tough upbringing, uh, sexual assault at a young age, like incredible, uh, and is now like the pound for pound best female boxer in the world. So shout out to her for getting the big win and uh, cashing some tickets for Joey K. You want some big money there? Yeah, I, I'll bet on anything. You and I were betting on that uh, redneck boxing, uh, you know, I think <laughs> yeah, in December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, that was a uh, uh, a nice one there for her. Over, the, yeah. Honestly, I think she got a little uh, – even the, the scorecards made it seem closer than it actually was. So, uh, yeah, no, that was a – that was a nice one over the weekend uh, for, for a uh, hometown hero, uh, Clarissa Shields. Before we get out, last uh, quick hitters on the chat. I did yep. bet UAB plus three. You got to have three, though, in that game against Western Kentucky. Uh, UCF, five at ECU. Don't really have a, a strong opinion there. Uh, did you bet anything in either one of those two games real quick? Um, I agree with you on the UAB. I'm out until Holton Aylers is working at a grocery store or something on the, the East Carolina. But, uh I knew when I knew when Memphis got the ball back last weekend with driving down. Like, this is gonna it'll be another painful little Holton Aylers. I can't even blame him for last week. The crap ECU defense, whatever stupid scheme they're running there. But um, I, I don't have anything uh, in that one. ULM plus seven. I mean, I get his tough laying points with Army, but man, that, that's a short number in my power ratings. It's a bad defense. Bad uh, ULM's D. It's not a defense you want. Yeah, to I don't know if they can stop. I know Army's quarterback was out last week. It doesn't really. They don't mean that much. To the, I mean, they got a bunch of guys that can play and run that offense. So I, I honestly, I like Army there to be honest with you. And then Duke plus eight. I don't know, man. I, real quick, I, I do want your quick thoughts on this one because I'm almost you know best bet material on Miami just because I don't understand the market the last two weeks. Miami played North Carolina two weeks ago. They're laying four at home. I get it. They lost the game outright. But that is basically saying Miami is a little bit better than North Carolina. North Carolina played Duke last week, laid seven on the road. I get it. Duke covered. But it wasn't nothing significant where you're changing teams dramatically as far as power ratings. And yet this is saying that, you know, Miami is less than North – all of a sudden far less than North Carolina because they're only laying eight at home. I mean, if you could, do, you know, do that transitive property, we're not going that many steps. We're talking about the same opponent the last couple games these two teams have played. So I, I don't think Duke's cheap. Where are you at in this game? You know, I knew I, uh, some people I know that were, were big on my – if you you follow the the market Saturday, probably the the biggest move, uh, you know, when the, once yeah. the limits are at full was on Miami, um, which basically got steamed up uh, close to – I think some 10s flickered for there. Um and just one of the most brutal, uh, you know, like back doors uh, where Virginia Tech offense can't get in a yard against anybody all season. Nope. Uh, Miami just dicks around, doesn't close it off there. Um, I It would be Miami or nothing for me, but they, they are um, – 
they are just it, it's been let down after let down and josh gaddis uh disappointing as it gets from a play caller perspective and i don't think crystal ball is is a you know a great head coach there so Agreed. it's one of me talent differential yeah is is miami should they be higher yes um but it's not a team that I want to invest significantly in on a week to be a small play on Miami would be it for me, but um, not some team that, that I love taking positions on just because uh, their, their coaching staff is a clown show. Agree there. And also worry about Duke kind of running on a gas overtime, Georgia tech to the wire game against the rival North Carolina. Now you're to, you know, Miami, Miami had a recent buy. Miami should have covered last week. Miami took money late in the week. So everything for me says Miami's the right side. And I actually think the line's going to close Closer to 10. Wink, yeah. wink, hint, hint when it's all said and done. So uh, if you want to play Duke, wait a little bit. I think you're going to get some better numbers later. Uh, so that's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for you, buddy. No, that was a good one. Good, one. Uh, good run. Hopefully we uh, will get it back on track this week, baby. I think we will. We got some dual best bets there that we both agree on. I think we're in really solid shape. Remember, we said last week that last week was a little tough coming into it this week i'm feeling pretty i'm always feeling pretty good though to be honest with you but we'll see. <laughs> this week in particular this is the most common i've been in in the last several weeks so i think we got some good ones for you guys hope you enjoyed it he is the man the myth the legend himself joy kanish i'm brad powers we just hit the books part of the hammer betting network